0: Welcome, everyone, to the Star Wars Historian Show on the Gazebo Fact Network. This is our first ever episode on on our new show. Yeah. And I'm joined by Luke Forney. My name is David Gonzalez. Yeah. We're so glad to be back and so glad to
1: get to, you know, start talking about Star Wars in a more kind of concentrated yeah. medium. That way, you can just listen to star wars
0: yeah i mean and we and i think we enjoyed our time on the gazebo effect podcast but we knew that that at some point eventually we were gonna have to get a show of our own just so we can like like you said like all our work all our episodes are strictly star wars you can find all of them there um and what a first topic we have oh
1: yeah you it's it's been mentioned several times now and there's a lot of y'all who are eager to hear about this. Um, there's probably some of y'all who aren't, don't really care. Probably won't <laughs> click on this episode. That's
0: fine. That's perfectly. We fine. forgive you, Yes.
1: even though you, you're not here to hear us forgive you. Yeah. Just know That's that. That's a we good point.
0: Need. Yeah. Hmm.
1: But we're here to talk about stars cannon. Yes. And I'm not talking blaster cannons. Yeah. I'm talking cannons with only one N in the middle. Hmm.
0: And what kind of canon is that?
1: It's like a, it comes from the Greek word kanon, which means a rod or a ruler, Hmm. as in in the sense of like a measuring ruler. Yeah. And so uh, things that are held up to the canon are considered right and considered good. Mm -hmm. And so today we're talking about what is considered right, what is considered good, what is considered real in the Star Wars universe.
0: Yeah. And I think this is a very important episode, especially as of late. When we talk about different Star Wars content, telling the same story in different ways. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? Like, where does that put other works? Where does that how do those two different ideas of the same story that has different details? How do they fit together or Mm -hmm. Does one cancel the other out? That's what we're talking about here Yeah, and
1: we're going to get right into that. But I think it will be helpful for us to first kind of go into some of the real life history behind Mm -hmm. people's approach to what is considered canon in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. And so um, first kind of talk of the Star Wars canon that we get. Is from the Star Wars Insider magazine, which is a magazine run by Lucasfilm, and and their first issue as Star Wars Insider, which was like fall of nineteen ninety four. Their de- they gave a definition of canonness of um, what is canonical in the Star Wars universe, and it goes something. I like of this. Um, it includes the spring the screenplays, the films the radio dramas, Mm -hmm. and the novelizations. These works spin out of George Lucas's original stories. The rest are written by other writers. However, between us, we've read everything, and much of it is taken into account in the overall continuity. The entire catalog of published works comprises a vast history with many offshoots, variations, and tangents, like any other well-developed mythology.
0: That is important yes especially that very last phrase like any other well-developed mythology right yeah and
1: this is like from their first conversations um, yeah this is from 94 which yeah. is before either of us were born mm-hmm. a and then also before a lot of the more controversial things in Star Wars have happened mm-hmm. although I guess it's not before the holiday special <laughs> yeah but I think that was very early on considered non-canon yeah um It's funny. I think this same issue of Star Wars Insider has a section talking about the uh, holiday special. Hmm. And I'm really interested to see what they had to say about it in the 90s. Yeah. But um, we'll continue on with a little bit of the history. Um, The other key point to keep in mind in the history of canon uh, is... Disney's acquisition of Star Wars, which took place in October 2012. And then uh, about a year before they uh, released The Force Awakens, they made a declaration uh, of the discontinuation of the expanded universe. And that was in April of 2014. And so the only things that were certainly canon at that point were the six films the novelizations of the films where they align with the films the clone wars show and the movie associated with it and then a short story called blade squadron which was in star wars insider and i think i'm pretty sure the only reason why that made the cut was because of contracting issues so they had already contracted so the the first part of blade squadron had already been released and they had contracted for the second one to be released shortly after, but they wanted to make this, they wanted to make this kind of declaration at this point. And so I think Blade Squadron just kind of got thrown in there.
0: Yeah. Um, I would also say and add to that, it says discontinuation of the expanded universe, mm -hmm. not decanonization because according to George Lucas, the EU was never canon. Yeah. It, it, George never viewed it as things that took place in his universe. Right. It was extra stuff. Other writers were working on it from Lucasfilm, but he never paid any attention yeah. to it. So even at before Disney took it over, mm-hmm. it was just the six films, the TV show of Clone Wars. Right. And like you said, and a couple of other stuff. Yeah like yeah so the the six
1: films and the clone wars they very clearly are held to a higher like esteem than anything else in the star wars universe um which i think is important and instrumental for our conversation as we go on so there you go those are the things that uh at that point in 2014 were considered canon um before we continue on into some kind of important ways for us to understand the canon today, I'd like to walk us through the two sort of systems, the old system for canon and the current sort of system. Basically, it's the, the current system is more or less outside of the hands of the individual audience mm-hmm. which for what they're going for i understand um but uh well we'll talk about the what is called the canon hierarchy yeah and so the canon hierarchy has a list of different types of canon associated with a letters. so at the very top is g canon as in george george lucas then t canon television which at that point was only the clone wars Mm-hmm C-canon, which is basically anything bearing the Star Wars name that actually contributed to the universe. Uh, S-canon is anything from the older sources, like the original comics, Mm -hmm. um, times whenever continuity wasn't really important or the goal. But there might be some elements that are helpful for other things. Uh D Canon, which is essentially non canon, it's from the Star Wars Detours show. And I think it's basically only used in the conversation of the show, not with anything else from Star Wars. Yeah. Um, which you've not if you've not seen any clips from the Detours spoof cartoon, some of it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's also really hard to find clips of it. But, yeah. but some of it is yeah. is okay. Um, and then n-canon, which is just non-canon, which essentially, like, obviously, if it doesn't have Star Wars in the name, it's not going to be canon. But um, anything is is essentially just anything which contradicts a higher form of the canon. Mm-hmm. So if there's something on the C-canon tier that contradicts something in the G-canon, in George Lucas's canon, then it is non-canon. Yeah. Um, and so. We have the G canon, which is important to make this uh, clarifying statement real quick: is that the George Lucas canon does not only include the six episodes, but it also includes any statements from George Lucas about the way that the Star Wars universe works or the way that Jedi work or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. It also includes deleted scenes where it doesn't contradict what ends up in the finished copy. Um, because these are kind of scenes where it can be assumed that this thing did happen, but for the sake of the medium of film, it was cut out, um, which we know uh, because of pacing issues, there's a lot of good stuff that
0: yeah, uh, but it's just not, gets left off yeah, of the Yeah, it's film. not in the, in the cut.
1: Right. And then um, the other important thing for the G-Cannon is that it is the most up to date version of the movies that is canon, because that is what George has called canon, yeah. and he's the he's the maker, he's yeah, the vision creator. keeper. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, so that's pretty much the old system where basically G and T were above everything, and then like further down the line, you had the C. Uh, the C, canon is the one that's most important. Because it basically contains everything that we would call the expanded universe. Right, yeah. Um, The current system, which I alluded to before, is kind of not super well defined, is the Lucasfilm Story Group, which Mm -hmm. is actually a group of different people who are tasked with uh, kind of helping writers to stay within the bounds of the Star Wars universe. yeah, And that has less to do, um, evidently, with keeping factual elements straight as much as it is keeping thematic elements straight and um, trying not to retread the same ground, like not repeat stories too much. Um, So Lucasfilm Story Group, they're the ones who are primarily kind of in charge of making sure that things stay within canonical bounds. Mm-hmm. And, and so, like I said, it's kind of... It's not up to the audience to really decide as much mm-hmm. because uh, the way that...
0: <laughs> Can you say that again? <laughs>
1: <laughs> essentially, it's not, it's not pitting different sources against each other. Right. It's everything that the Lucasfilm Story Group uh, more or less... Signs off on is is equally
0: canon in this mm-hmm. system. Yeah, um, I I think the part that I especially wanted you to repeat mm-hmm. was it's, it's not the audience, the audience. The audience doesn't get to decide right. what is canon and what is not, mm-hmm. and I, that's thrown around a lot mm-hmm. as of late um, because of not understanding these important guidelines, which mm-hmm. is where we're getting into right now. Yeah. Um, and that's the fact that. The Star Wars content that we're getting is not the events themselves, but it's a retelling of the event. Yeah. So when we talk about that, we we have to understand that therefore, like, Obi-Wan is not identical to Alec Guinness. Right.
1: Because then, like, whenever Ewan McGregor comes back and he doesn't look like Alec Guinness in the Obi-Wan show, Mm -hmm. then what are we going to say? Like, it's not Obi-Wan. No, it still is Obi-Wan, it's still, yeah. but it's just a different actor. And so
0: it's a, yeah. So this allows for recasting. Mm-hmm. So like with, uh, McGregor and also Alden. Yeah. For Racken, as, yeah. As, as Han
1: Solo. You, you said Han. Did it's I? Ha- I you, you almost did. You were like, as in Han, and then you cut yourself off. Yeah. And I was going to say it's Han, but that's all right. Yeah.
0: But that, Hey, good one. Thank I you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um,
1: um, uh, and in the same way, I, w- I would guess that this would also apply to uh, animation styles. Yeah. Because so... I, I I'm sure that you've seen, just as I have, the <laughs> versions of, uh, like, they take characters from the prequel movies and they, like, align their faces to how they looked in the uh, Tartakovsky uh, original Clone Wars Oh, yeah, series. and it looks really funky. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so it allows it allows for different things to to be able to happen, and for us to have different mediums of these stories being told. So the Clone Wars is told or has been told in different different ways right. that are all good mm-hmm. and that are all canon. Yeah. Uh, so this allows for scenes, knowledge, and opinions demonstrated in Star Wars content. They have to be weighed. And Mm -hmm. held in perspective. Right. Not as necessarily a contradiction to one another. Yeah. So I'm
1: thinking right now, especially of like you have in The Last Jedi, like Kylo Ren's perspective of um, Luke attempting to murder him. Yeah. But then you have Luke's perspective. And so they're both in the movie. But one of them is very clearly not the whole truth. While the other one is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, but so if we're just saying that like the thing, the 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 scenes and the images that take place on the film itself are what are the events themselves, then that means that uh, there's basically no allowance for people to be wrong or for people to be deceptive or uh, people to just be mistaken about the way that things turned out like yeah. within the universe.
0: Yeah. Um, and I feel like this is where we start talking about retcon. Yeah. Especially when we talk about the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about the Bad Batch later on on future episodes. Uh, but the reason why I want to talk about it now is because there was just... Within the Star Wars community was this huge outrage. Mm-hmm over Caleb Doom, Kanan Jarvis's story in yeah. the Bad Batch because it differed from the Kanan comics. Right. The setting was different. The time that it happened was different. Uh, even the clones themselves had, mm-hmm. were in different colors and had different ranks, and they weren't as involved in the Bad Batch as they were in the comic. Right. To now where you have the question of, does that mean that the canon comics is no longer canon? Mm-hmm. And I I remember when that episode dropped, and it like turned people off to the entire series, which is a shame. Which is yeah, because
1: it's a great, it's a great show.
0: It's a great show, and and it's we see if we look at it as a retelling of important events, mm-hmm. not as one medium or. Not as the events themselves. Yeah, not as the events themselves, but of a, but a, like a, a telling, a, a retelling of it. Right. If we allow that to happen, then we can actually hold both the comic and the Bad Batch, mm-hmm. both say that they're canon, one just told in more detail than the Bad Batch, especially if we're talking about the Bad Batch is the perspective of those clones. Right. They wouldn't know all the other details, while in the comic, it's coming from Kanan's perspective. Yeah. So he remembers everything and knows it more. So would we say that maybe Kanan's perspective of what happened was maybe more of what happened? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, At the very least, like it makes sense why it's different. Yes. Because they're, the perception of those two characters of what's happening mm-hmm. is so different. Yeah. Like the bad batch they're confused but they're not like particularly alarmed. Mhm. Kanan is
0: like fighting um, for his life. Yeah. watched his master die mm-hmm. which so that those details would be even more painful to sit through. Right. With and also with more character development for the clones that they were working with mm-hmm. or, or I guess fighting alongside. And so I guess what I would have to say to that is both scenes in the comic and in the TV show I reacted to differently mm. but I still reacted right and it still drove home the theme that it needed to yeah so therefore both scenes work yeah
1: and and in both cases the the essential elements of the story are the same right because Canaan's or Caleb's master was murdered. Yeah. And Caleb escaped. Yeah. And be, feels in, betrayed by clones. Right. And in his escape. Yeah. yeah. And and I mean, yeah. And that's the same, even for like in the bad batch, like the bad, uh, most of the people in the bad batch are trying to help Caleb, but Caleb won't allow himself to trust them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all those same things are there.
0: Yeah. And so when we talk about, that kind of stuff we'll leave it we'll leave it be yeah but i think another thing that we have to remember in terms of all this is something that ahsoka said mm-hmm. who, i mean dave filoni right wrote that and so it's there's always a bit of truth in legends right so here are some examples to where legends material influence what is currently happening in canon right now mm-hmm. the dark troopers in mandalorian season two right came from dark forces yep Boba Fett surviving. That came from the EU. Mm-hmm. We know that he survives. The son of Solo goes evil. So we think of uh, what, Jason J- Jason yeah. Solo, mm-hmm. who becomes Darth Cadius. Right. So that's there. Yeah. In the visual dictionary of The Rise of Skywalker, we see a Revan reference. Yeah. It's not in the same light or in the same way that... Couture has happened and those kinds of things, right. but he's mentioned.
1: Yeah. And so because of that, we know that he exists and is known in this yeah. universe and that he matters to Sith. Yeah. And so he's important, even if canonically or at least in outside of legends, we don't know
0: what his story is according to canon. Right. But that, what that also means is that it doesn't mean that that's not going to come true mm-hmm. and that we won't eventually get that. Then we see Dark Darth Bane, the rule of two. Yeah. That's been made into canon from and, the and EU. And
1: Yoda himself, like, talks with Darth Bane. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so we have that. Then the Code of the Sith, mm-hmm. which is, again, referenced from Kator. Yeah.
1: It was created for the Kotor video game. Yeah.
0: And we see it in the Clone Wars and the Mortis arc yeah. of the sun saying it. Mm-hmm. So we have that. And then probably one of my favorite ones that we've talked, we talked about when we were reviewing the Mandalorian was Tython, mm-hmm. which is from the old Republic right? tour.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's a starter planet
0: for a Jedi in the, the old Republic game. Yeah. And so we, we have those things to think about. And then finally, when we talk about the EU and kind of the dismissal of that more, more of that, more of the EU that is not considered part of canon or not even very much used. Right. It's related to those parts of the EU which take place after Return of the right. Jedi. So the,
1: the things that got replaced by the sequel trilogy.
0: Right. So you're not going to have your Kyle
1: Gatarns. You're not going to have your... Jaden uh, Core. Yeah, Rosh. Hull,
0: Pennant. Yeah,
1: exactly. Or um, Mara Jade or different things like that. Yeah.
0: Which... I'm okay with. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. don't hate, but I guess when we another example within that that we see is like the Galaxy of Heroes, like mm-hmm. mobile game, like the characters that are placed on there. More come from the Old Republic. Yeah. So you have Revan there, Bastila, mm-hmm. Malik, like those kinds of those kinds of character. HK forty seven, like those oh, yeah. characters are on Galaxy of Heroes,
1: which is made by EA, who is who owns or at least. Used I'll, I'll, yeah, they used to, used to own to, the sole license on Star Wars games.
0: Yeah, and now Lucasfilm Games is a thing now, yeah, which is pretty which cool, is and I think it's great. Yeah. Um, but you have EA, who's who's produced new canon games such as Battlefront and then Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. Which are being counted towards the story. Yes.
1: Battlefront 2's story is, is really important for us yes. in between Return of the Jedi and, and The, the Rise Force Awakens. Of the First Order, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think the craziest part, though, when we talk about EA and making things canon, you have the Old Republic yeah. game, which has been around since 2011, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, I think that's so right. Even b- so before the purchase of, of uh, Star, Star Wars by, by Disney, Disney, which yeah. was 2012. And so the weird part is that I it's not officially... Ma- I don't think, to my knowledge, it's it's been deemed as canon, but they're still putting out expansions and right. new stories. Yeah, EA is still even maintaining after the fact. it.
1: EA is still adding things to it. Yeah. I mean, uh, Lucasfilm Story Group, who we mentioned before, uh, prior to uh, April of 2014, whenever the EU was d- uh, done away with, they even helped on creating some of the expansions for the old republic yeah and so it's it's interesting that it's still being um kind of maintained in this way Mm -hmm. and i think part of that for me it has to do with it's just like so far outside of the rest of like the timeline that the movies start yeah um like i'm pretty sure the old republic is still like several thousands of years before the high republic era yeah no you're right um i think that's part of the reason why it's kind of like hasn't been fully decanonized Mm -hmm. but i don't know it's interesting yeah it is interesting uh so now that we've gone through those kind of important guidelines uh let's look at what 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 I, what we both consider to be really the sources for establishing the canon. Yeah. Which kind of utilizes both the uh, hierarchical system that we talked about before and affirms the Lucasfilm story group as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. And so the things that we look at in order to understand what is canonical are the 11 forms – Oh, sorry. Let me read the 11 films in their latest forms. So meaning that the changes that George Lucas has made on those films, that is what is considered canon.
0: So you're saying like the movies that are on Disney plus. Yes. With all the changes and everything like that. Canon. McClunkey. (laughs) Well said. Thank you.
1: Uh, So, yeah. So, obviously, uh, the films have always carried really big weight Mm -hmm. with how people view the story of Star Wars. Yep. Um, And seems like for now, we're going to have a little bit of a break with films as we move into the TV show realm. So, for the longest time, TV show – well, The Clone Wars was held to be uh, just as canon as the movies are. And they Mm -hmm. are still today – but they are joined by a lot of brothers and sisters mm-hmm.
0: uh,
1: with the Rebels show, Resistance, Mandalorian, and and all of the future projects that we're going to see, uh, apart from Star Wars Visions, which yeah. we'll get into a little bit down the road. Yeah. Um, so all of those TV shows are part of the canon Uh any book that doesn't bear the legends label, uh, which are generally published by Delray. I don't want to say that like 100%, all of them are, yeah. but pretty much all of them are. Mm-hmm. And, um, all the comics published under Marvel after April, 2014. Uh, and then here's where we kind of probably detract a little bit from what Disney themselves would say. Yeah. Um, or I, however you want to split that out. Um, but I would say that we take the some of the perspectives from the G-canon, the old the old format, yeah. and say that the statements from George Lucas and statements from Dave Filoni, as well as other directors and other writers in the Star Wars universe, that they bear some kind of weight. Uh, yeah. So, for example, uh, the thing that I think of the most recent reference, it has to do with J.J. Uh, Abrams. Uh, and the rise of Skywalker. And so uh, Finn and Rey are, and Poe, I guess, are all sinking down in quicksand. And Finn is yelling and says, "Ray, I have to tell you something. And so a lot of people speculated that it was going to be like a confession of love or something. But both uh, John Boyega, James Boyega? John Boyega. John Boyega. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I thought James for a second. <laughs> Um, but John Boyega and J.J. Abrams both said that's not it. What it is is, is having to do with Finn being Force-sensitive. And so while we don't see that in the movie, if it's clearly in the uh, the intent of the, the writers and the directors, the Star Wars storytellers, yeah. um, that that is true, mm-hmm. then unless it gets contradicted later on, I think we have all the freedom to say that That is canonical.
0: Yeah. And I think something to even help that a little bit. Not too much because I don't think that even like the new Lego Star Wars like holiday special or Christmas special that they came out with. I don't know if it's necessarily canon, but in that at the beginning, like Ray is training Finn in Mm -hmm. the ways of the force. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a good indication of.
1: Yeah, I would say if we were looking at it from like the old hierarchical standard. I would say yeah. that's probably like either S canon yeah. or or like kind of in the same category as D canon where it's like used it's not a super reliable source mm-hmm. but it kind of allows slash confirms something that we have reason to believe in the in the established canon. Yeah. And so we can say that there there is something to be gained from that. Yeah, for even, sure. Even if the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special isn't properly canon as yeah. as being things that happen, there are elements of it that are. Yeah, for sure. Um, and speaking of elements, um, there's some other things that, uh, as we mentioned before, I think uh, that deleted scenes should be understood as being canonical, Yeah. so long as they're just not vastly different from the story that we're given. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because there's just so many good deleted scenes. Like, especially you were talking about there was some good delete, deleted scenes from Revenge of the yeah, Sith. Yeah, so,
0: I mean, we're, we, we when we talk about that scene with Anakin and Palpatine, mm-hmm. that it's not so much of a scene by itself. It's just like the extended scene of when Palpatine makes Anakin his representative on the Jedi Council. Right. The deleted scene in there is just the extended version of that conversation Mm -hmm. that allows you to continue to know that Palpatine is manipulating Anakin all the way through and has been for a long time. And so that deleted scene, while it didn't make it into the movie, into the final cut, it's so good and it backs up what is being said in revenge of the sith right and why it's so great yeah
1: and i think and also uh there's a scene i'm thinking of in revenge where it's just obi-wan and anakin in the elevator um (laughs) trying to get to count dooku and palpatine and you just get to see like a a real like raw moment of their friendship and i think part of the problem with trying to do pacing in a film Mm -hmm. is that we lose a lot of the humanity or, or relational things that aren't like vital to the plot. And so they get cut out. Um, a good example of this is in the last Jedi. There's so much good stuff that got cut out of it. Um, one of the really important ones I know for both of us is Luke mourning, Mm uh, and really grieving for, uh, Han's death. Yeah. Um, which is an important scene and uh, unfortunately didn't make it. Yeah. Uh, so the leaded scenes uh, they're important in helping us to understand what's Canon. And then we also know by the principle of there's always a bit of truth in legends that uh, certain parts of the expanded universe, especially things that take place before the movies, are still canon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to say, how far we can extend that? Mm-hmm. My general tact, and this is me speaking, not as somebody who is <laughs> establishing the canon, but yeah. as some as a personal suggestion, is that if there is a period of time that isn't being replaced by anything, then there's no need to call it un- decanonized. Um, So the expanding universe after Return of the Jedi needed to be considered uh, as not canon because it was being replaced by the sequel era. Mm -hmm. But because as of yet, there's no plans to replace things that happen in the time of the Old Republic. There's no reason that I can see why we should say that it's not canon or why we should consider it to be not canon. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what what seems to be right for the sources of the
0: canon yeah um and and especially on that last part yeah um and i think really just that maybe the last part and maybe the deleted scenes that is the star wars historians yeah like what we believe and how we view canon at times not at times all the time right that's just how we if we were keepers of canon and being able to distinguish that would be our criteria that is that is what we would do Mm -hmm. um in saying that we all we also understand that there's there's a lot of talk of decanonizing things for different reasons and and so we're real quick we're gonna have that conversation of I'll say this, and Luke, you can add more, or you can go ahead and, and kind of move the conversation along in yeah. this direction, but just because you don't like a movie no. or aspects of a movie mm-hmm. doesn't give you license to say, that's no longer canon.
1: Yeah, that does, That one doesn't count.
0: Yeah. So, the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Everybody wants to say, the sequels aren't canon. Mm-hmm like when Disney or Star Wars, I guess both when they were putting on their social media accounts on May the 4th of wonderfully made fan art Mm -hmm. for the films. And they're like literally all Star Wars, all Star Wars was doing is saying here are some cool fan arts for all the movies as we celebrate May the 4th be with you. Right. And in the comments, in the comments, you see, you should have just put the first six up there. Yeah. That's like seven through nine are not canon. Yeah. Like, I don't know why you would do that. Mm-hmm. And it just boggles my mind of just like, if you don't like them, and we've had this conversation several times. Right. But if you don't like a movie, fine. But that, it doesn't, that's not a reason to decanonize something. No.
1: Yeah. and And I'm thinking it's just like, there's no logical argument that you could get to, to where you would say, I don't like this movie. Therefore it doesn't count. When has that ever worked? When has that ever applied to any other film, any other story out there? Uh, Like (laughs) I kind of wanted to say something that was a little bit spoilery for Harry Potter. Um, But just because your favorite character might die and you don't like that, that doesn't mean that it didn't happen in mm-hmm. the story. Yeah. So there's we we – I've had a little bit of a change of heart over the past kind of year or two on this matter. I used to believe that there was no reason why anything should be declared um, – non-canon. Mm-hmm. Um, I've changed a little bit in that I, I can kind of imagine a scenario when that could happen, but it hasn't happened yet. That yeah. scenario, those those causes, um, the sequels do not fit the criteria of what I think is a proper reason for decanonization. Um, mainly because I don't think that it's as far removed from the original series i agree as as people i tend agree to, to think
0: and and the i think the big issue with the sequel trilogy of why this is this is a problem some people think that these movies are terrible and that they're bad other people and i would say most it's a dangerous word mm-hmm. but i would say most still like the sequels yeah maybe they don't like it as much as the original trilogy or the prequel trilogy but
1: they're able to have fun with it
0: yeah and 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 that's the camp that i'm at Mm -hmm. you know and and when we i mean obviously i know you guys have been waiting for this for a while but when the last jedi comes out like our review of it yeah like you'll be able to hear my heart how it's changed in this rewatch series Mm -hmm. towards the sequels and i think in a positive way Mm -hmm. to where you just you just can't say something's not canon. Yeah,
1: you can't just throw it away like yeah. that. Um especially like so soon too. Yeah. Like if there was nothing that came out of the sequel trilogy, so like if if in like 10 15 years we look back and there's nothing that is built that has been built on the ground of the sequels then maybe maybe you have grounds for saying that it doesn't count Mm -hmm. but we're so close to it that you don't know your favorite piece of star wars material might just be around the corner and it might rely on the sequel trilogy
0: Mm, that's a really good point Mm yeah it's good and then so kind of getting off of that yeah getting off my soapbox on that I just felt like especially when we're talking about canon we need to address that but another thing we need to address is materials such as Star Wars Visions yeah that you know we just got a sneak peek from that I think it looks amazing it's a different it's a different kind of Star Wars than I'm that I think I I don't know if I'm fully ready for that Mm -hmm. Um, just because it's so different but it looks so cool at the same time right we understand that it's not going to be canon. Yeah. Because they want the creators to have the flexibility to kind of do what they want. Mm-hmm. And just to just to really take it and make make something based off their culture or their right their like drawing, style, styles, yeah, yeah. drawing styles, writing styles, all that yeah. kind of stuff. And I think that's great. Yeah. And just because it's not canon doesn't mean it's not worth watching. No, not at all.
1: And really, this is one thing that I have wanted for the Star Wars universe for so long, mm-hmm. which is to see the, the universe, to see the setting, the, the similar themes, and, and, and all the context of the Star Wars universe, but in different genres. Yeah. Like, um, no one's saying that, like, the Shakespearean versions of Star Wars, like in the, in the books, mm-hmm. um, that they're canon. But those things still sell like crazy because what? Because they're entertaining because it takes something that you're familiar with. It takes something that you love and it puts it into different eyes in a way that is sometimes humorous in a way that is sometimes like <laughs> actually kind of uh, opens your eyes to something that you might not have seen before. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's taking what is familiar and it's allowing us to see it through different lenses. Yeah, I Which I think agree. is incredibly important, mm-hmm. not just for our uh, enjoyment of entertainment in general, but also for the future of Star Wars. Yeah. That if Visions does well, and, and it's not canon or anything like that, but if Visions does well or um, – There are elements of it that a future writer for Star Wars really likes. Yeah. Then that means that we get that really good element in something later on that is a part of the proper story. Yeah. And so um, basically all this to say that just because something is uh, not considered canon or not considered part of the main story does not mean that it isn't still valuable. Mm. Like, as always, Star Wars is for the purposes of of entertaining people Mm -hmm. and for telling a great story. And so the great stories exist even outside of what is considered part of history because, I mean, legends exist. To go back to that language from before, uh, it's a mythology. And whenever you have a mythology you're going to have some parts of the story that uh or some stories that don't con- like aren't congruent with the the greater bulk of the stories mm-hmm. but they're still entertaining and they're still serving a purpose yeah so i think that's really how we need to consider um even the non-canonical materials
0: yeah i absolutely agree with that and, and if we're going to be that kind of stingy mm-hmm. with our canon never play lego star wars ever again yeah like don't buy that game right. because it's not canon uh but it's fun no you know it's fun yeah and it's and it's great yeah, i mean so we're looking forward
1: to when, skywalker saga whenever it comes out whenever it comes, if out, it comes out i swear it better
0: yeah uh, man well that's gonna do it yeah. for us uh talking about star wars canon what a fun conversation. Yeah. I've been waiting for us to kind of talk about this because I think we also needed to set the grounds of what do we as the Star Wars historians, mm-hmm. how do we view canon? Right. Because then when it comes to us covering Star Wars content, you guys will have a frame you you guys will know our framework of, right. of how we view the view these movies and yeah. films and TV shows and content to where when we talk about this, you you know what we think
1: yeah we want we want our kind of star wars worldview to be more or less just like we want to wear it on our sleeve yeah we're not trying to hide anything we're not trying to uh trick you like we're just trying to give you a a glimpse into how we view star wars Mm -hmm. and we hope that that helps you to enjoy the universe better We hope that that helps you to enjoy the characters and the stories better. Mm -hmm. Um, And really, uh, we hope that we can just impart some of the joy that we take in engaging with the Star Wars universe.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. Because here's the thing. We're not going to enjoy everything. No. Like, it may feel that way at times that we just really enjoy everything. But I know that there's going to be a point in time where we say, eh that wasn't really my thing. Like yeah. I just really didn't like it. But you're never going to hear us say, it didn't happen though, yeah. so it doesn't matter. Yeah,
1: that one doesn't count. Or likewise, you're never going to hear us say, I'm done with Star Wars.
0: Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great... Yep, Yeah, I love that. Alrighty. So, for Luke Forney, this is David Gonzalez with the Star Wars Historian Show here on the Gazebo Effect Network. And until we come back with the Last Jedi review, may the Force... Be with you.